0: Genesis chapter number 40. Anyone need a handout for the sermon tonight? You need a handout? Slip that hand up. Everyone good to go? Alright, Genesis chapter 40. And we're really going to use most of the chapter tonight, but we're going to just go through it verse by verse as we go through our points tonight. Genesis chapter number 40 as we continue on the life of Joseph tonight. And our text here... Last week we saw the fact that Potiphar's wife lies about Joseph, and Joseph ends up in prison, and that's where we stopped last week. And as we look at this, we think about the fact that Joseph is in the midst of another great trial of his faith. He's been mistreated, he's been misrepresented, he's been falsely accused, he's been imprisoned, And in the midst of all of this, he keeps close to the Lord and his testimony stays intact. One of the things I love when I read this about Joseph is he did not see himself as a victim. If anybody could claim to be a victim of something, Joseph would be the guy. And in our world today, there are a lot of people that play their victim of things. And as we talk about that, you got to understand something. You can either be a victim or you can get victory. That's what it comes down to. And so as we look and we think about his life and we think about what he endured, there were a lot of things that weren't fair. How many of you would agree with me that sometimes life just isn't fair? Yes, life is not always fair. And if you think life is always fair, it's not. And so, as we look at these verses tonight and we think about the fact that Joseph was treated unfairly by his brothers, they deserve to be thrown into a pit? No. They deserve to be sold as a slave? No. They deserve to be accused wrongfully and thrown in prison? No. And so, there's lots of things in Joseph's life that we could look at it. But as we look at all of this, what we see throughout, and in Genesis chapter 39, we just see the fact that the Lord was with Joseph. And tonight as we dive in, Joseph is in prison. There are some lessons to be learned. And in fact, there are some people that forget about Joseph. But though some people might forget about Joseph, God has not forsaken him. Sometimes you might feel forgotten. Left out, whatever the case may be. But I want to remind you tonight: you are not forsaken by God. In this life, the Bible makes it clear in John sixteen thirty three: these things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world, in this world we live. What does it say? Ye shall have tribulation. There are going to be trials in life. There's that's just part of life. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And sometimes we're in the middle of those trials. Maybe tonight you're in the midst of those trials. Or someone you know near and dear to you. And often we might feel like we're forgotten. Has God forgotten about me? You are not forsaken by him. He's there. Scripture tells us in Hebrews thirteen five, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now everyone in Joseph's life, his brothers, his own boss, they all turned their back on him. They for, tried to forget about him. These, uh, th- as we read the story tonight, there's a man who forgot about what Joseph did for him. But what we see throughout the whole passage in the life of Joseph is the fact though people might f- try to forget him, God did not forsake him. And God was with him every step of the way. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. As we dive in tonight, number one, we see some of the prison duties that Joseph had. Some of his prison duties we see in verse number one of chapter 40. It says, and it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butler's, and against the chief of the bakers, and he put them inward in the house of the captain of the guard, into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued a season in ward. Now as we look at this here, letter A we see while Joseph waits in prison, he receives some company there. Now, it's interesting to note, and we'll look at this as we go further, two men that were high servants of Pharaoh's are thrown into prison. Pharaoh's butler and his baker. The butler was Pharaoh's cupbearer. Remember, Nehemiah was a cupbearer. So the cupbearer was really someone that was special to a king or to Pharaoh. Because what the cupbearer would do is he would test and taste things before the king would. So let's say someone wanted to poison Pharaoh. Well, the cupbearer would be the one to try it first, and if the cupbearer lived, then it was okay for the king to to eat and drink. So what a job, right? I don't know if I would want to be Pharaoh's cupbearer, or as Nehemiah was a cupbearer, but this was an important job. And so if anybody died from bad food from poisoning, the cupbearer would have been the first one for this to happen to. So we'll just say this man was probably pretty close to Pharaoh. And the baker would have been over Pharaoh's kitchen. How many of you would like a good baker? Yeah, bakers are good, right? And someone good in the kitchen, that's a good thing too. So he was responsible for cooking the food that Pharaoh ate. Now what's interesting here is, apparently there was a problem with Pharaoh's food. I don't know what the problem was, but Pharaoh was upset with his cupbearer, And with the one who cooked the food. And so what does Pharaoh do? He casts them and puts them into prison. Now the interesting thing is letter B, when these men get to prison, they receive preferential treatment. Do you notice that Joseph serves them? What type of a prison is this? You know, did Joseph when he got to prison, did he have people serving him? No. No. So these men get to prison and they are getting special treatment. Did they deserve special treatment? No. They were thrown into prison because Pharaoh wasn't happy with them. Why was Joseph thrown in prison? Because Potiphar wasn't happy with Joseph. We don't know th- what exactly went on with all those different things, but you'll notice something that Joseph is hand-picked to serve these two. Isn't that interesting? On the surface, it might just seem like another assignment given to a slave in prison, but what you got to understand is these guys didn't deserve any special treatment. But when you really look deep into it, you see the sovereign hand of God behind all of it, because what if Joseph had not served these two? By serving these two right here, we see this actually... Help Joseph in the long run. And we see that because we have the whole Bible before us. But how would it have been for Joseph to go to the guy in prison and say, I'm not certain, these guys don't deserve anyone serving them? No, Joseph did what he was supposed to do. And you see how God used that overall? Let her see. We see. We should never discount the seemingly small twists and turns of this life. Some people have just said, oh well, it's just another job for poor Joseph to take care care of. Here he goes again, life's not fair for Joseph. What no one could see was how God could take this little thing, this little twist, this small matter, and use it in a great way down the road. You know, the same thing is true in your life tonight. You might look and you're like, I don't understand, or why is this going on? Do you know God could take some small little thing in your life or the life of a loved one, whatever the case may be, and use it for his glory tonight. Because that's what he did with Joseph here. Isn't it, to me, it's just weird that these two men were being served in prison. Doesn't it, does everyone agree that's kind of strange? That's strange. But do you see, and we'll look at tonight as we go further, how God used it for good and to help Joseph as the story goes along. We see and never discount small moves in life. What we see as luck or chance may just be God working and God's blessing and God knowing what's going on. And that's why you must always remember Psalm 34, the scripture tells us, that Psalm 34:37,24, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And you might not quite understand, you might not see what's going on, you might wonder why you're serving so-and-so, but the steps of a good man, they're ordered by God. God knows what's going on, and God's there for you. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 16, verse number 9, do you have that as well? A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. And Joseph was in prison, yet in prison. God was still working and using Joseph's life. And going to use this small little twist, this thing we don't see why or the fairness of it, he was going to use it to help out. We see number one, we see his prison duties. Number two, we see there are some dreams that happen in prison. Prison dreams. And we look at verse number five, and they, talking about the butler and the baker, dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night. Each man, according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them and beheld they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers, Now, this just amazes me with Joseph again. Do you see how he was concerned about their well-being and he was concerned that they were sad? That just once again proves that we at times got to get our eyes off ourselves and get our eyes on other people. That's the ministry God has for us. Let look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Joseph could have been sitting there in prison and be like, "I don't care if they're sad. I'm serving them. Who cares?" But he was concerned. I just think that's kind of neat. And we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Verse seven. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that they were with him in the ward of his lord's house saying wherefore look ye so sad today he was concerned and they said unto him we have dreamed a dream and there is no interpreter of it and joseph said unto them do not do not interpretations belong to god tell me i pray you and the chief butler told his dream to joseph and said to him in my dream behold a vine was before me and in the vine were three branches and it was as though it budded And her blossom shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup. And I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand, after the former manner, as thou wast his butler. But think on me, look at Joseph's response, verse 14, But think on me, when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. And when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in I also was in my dream, and behold I had three white baskets on my head. And the uppermost basket there was all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are 3 days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head from off thee and shall hang thee on a tree and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. I bet the baker's like, hey, that other dream, you gave, a good, you gave a good response for this guy. The butler, where's my good response? But we see the dreams mentioned here. And as we look and we tie these things together, Letter A, we see the fact the butler tells Joseph his dream and he receives a favorable interpretation. And we see that, right? And uh, that's the dream. I would have wanted that dream, that interpretation of it. And these men, they dream these dreams. They can't figure out the interpretation so Joseph is able to do it. Joseph encourages them. He tells them, they tell them his dreams. And because Joseph knows God, and because God is with Joseph, Joseph is able to interpret the dreams for these two. When the baker hears the good interpretation, he tells his dream, and we see it wasn't so good for him. We see letter B. When the baker hears the good interpretation, he tells Joseph his dream, and his interpretation is not so good. We'll just leave it like that. And when we look at these things, put yourself in Joseph's place today. Man, Joseph was given dreams, wasn't he, before? I wonder as these two were sharing their dreams with Joseph, if Joseph's mind went back to, oh yeah, remember those dreams that God gave me back with my family? How they were all going to bow before me someday? and the dream where my mom and dad and the whole family were going to bow before me and I was going to be a ruler, and now I'm sitting in prison and I'm interpreting dreams for these guys and what's going to happen in a few days for them. When we think about that, there are going to be times along the way of life that you might feel like God's forgotten about you. There'll be times where you think that your ambitions, your dreams have been derailed. There'll be times where you'll find yourself in a waiting room of life. What you do there has a great deal to do with what God's going to do later on. Our duty through the trials of life, through the struggles of life, as we see with Joseph here, and as we study his life, our duty is, through the prisons of life that we go through, and what we go through in life is always to find a way to glorify God in the midst of it. First Corinthians 10:31, "Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Hey, our circumstances might be bad, but God is still good tonight. We need to learn how to glorify God. When the sun's shining, when the clouds are upon us, when it's blowing, when the wind's blowing and it's 20 degrees outside, God is good in the midst of all of those times. And though life might be bad for a season, and in Joseph's life, this season had continued and continued and continued, but we see the fact that wherever Joseph went, we see God was with him, and he grew in favor, and he did what he did, and people saw the God. Of, this is a heathen land. And they saw God with Joseph, and what we see is that what he did, he did to bring glory to God. If he's the God on the top of the mountain, he's also the God in the valley. It would do us good to learn that fact. It's what the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse number 16. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Think about that tonight. In everything give thanks. Say, Pastor, how am I supposed to give thanks for this? How was Joseph supposed to give thanks for being in prison for something he didn't do? Because think about Paul, Philippians 4.4. 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. You might not be able to rejoice in your circumstances. And you might not be able to be thankful in that circumstance but you can be thankful to the God that's there with you in the midst of it. Do you think Paul enjoyed being in prison? No. Do you think Joseph enjoyed what was happening to him in his life? No. But it's God's will for us to give thanks in all things. So we see, number one tonight, we see the prison duties. Number two, We see the prison dreams. Number three, we see some lessons from prison. Some lessons for us tonight that we can learn as we go through here. As we see some things. As we think about some lessons that we can learn tonight. We think letter A, we see... Joseph is concerned about these men, and he reaches out to them to help them through their prison experience. Now, we look at this, and what a lesson that is for us tonight. Did Joseph have problems in his life right now? Did he? Are we awake tonight? Yes, he did. But Joseph's concerned about those men. Hey, why are you sad? I don't think I'd be that good of a Christian. I'd be like, really? Why are you sad? I'm serving you right now. You have it pretty good right now. What's your problem? That would probably be my response. I'm not a good Christian like Joseph. I'll admit it. But you see how Joseph, he's concerned? Hey, guys, why are you sad? He asked them. He's concerned. He reaches out. He does something about it. And I know sometimes we go to someone, hey, what's wrong? We don't want to really hear from them what's really wrong. We just want to say that and hope that they'll say, oh, I'm fine. And be like, okay, good. I didn't really want to hear it anyways. But Joseph, he's concerned. And when we look at this, we think about our Savior, and we see his life that he lived. And we think about the book of Mark as we go through on Sunday mornings. And Philippians 2, verse number 4, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. We think about what the Bible tells us in Galatians 6, verse 1 and 2, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meanness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted, bear ye one another's burdens. And the Scripture says, Then so fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. You see, we need to care. We need to lose ourselves and help others. He wanted, he looked around for someone that he could help. He helped, he wanted to be like Jesus. Jesus was willing to lay down his life so that we could live. He was willing to give up his life for us. Say, well, pastor, I'm struggling. That's not easy. It's not easy. But tonight, let me give you some help. If you are struggling tonight, the best thing you can do is find someone to help. Because this is what we do. We think that we have it the worst. No one is going through what I'm going through right now. No one has it quite as bad as me. But do you know what happens when you go out and you minister and you reach others? You see, they have bad things too. And their life isn't perfect. They have struggles. They have problems in their life as well. And one way to help yourself deal with your problems is to reach out and help someone in their problems. One of the worst things you can do when you are struggling is sit back and sulk and do nothing. Find someone to minister to. That's what we see here. The fact is when you and I get our eyes off of self and all the pains that we're going through, we will find, what happens is we will find that there are others who have loads that we can help them. The Lord wants us to be a blessing even when prison comes. We see that Joseph, he was concerned, let her be. Joseph may be in prison. His dreams may have been shattered. It all seems, it may seem that he is in prison to stay. But what you see about Joseph is in the midst of it all, he still had joy. It's a great lesson there. What a great example. Most of us have no problem being joyful when life is good. Man, when things are good, you know, kids, you go to school, and you get an A-plus on a test, life's great, right? What happens when you get an F on a test? Uh Uh-oh. It's not as easy to be joyful when you get an F on a test as it is with an A. How many of you would come to church and for blessing would say, "Yeah, Pastor, I got an F on my test today. Would any of you do that? No, you wouldn't do that. But a few weeks ago, some of you were like, I got an A on my test. Because it's easy to have joy when you get an A. Or it's easy to have joy when things are going good. But it's not as easy to have joy when life is not going so well. What does the Bible tell us in the book of, joy, of Jeremiah? The joy of the Lord is my strength. And you've got to understand something tonight. You can have joy in the midst of the trials that you're going through. You can still worship God. You still can do what's right in the midst of that. Joseph is in prison, but he's happy. He's serving God. God's blessing him, and God's hand is upon him. Look again at Genesis 39, verse 21 through 23. And the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made to prosper. There was something special about this guy. You see, when you can praise the Lord when life is not going good, that says something right there. When you can shout and say, bless God in the midst of trials, isn't that what Job did? Job 1, verse 20 and 21, Then Job arose and ran his mantle and shaved his head and fell upon the ground and worshipped, and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Give us more people like Job. Give us more people like Joseph where we can have joy in the midst of these things. Hey, um, the butler and the baker, where was their joy? They had no joy, did they? No, because Joseph's like, hey, why are you guys sad? Now let's give some thought there. They were in a heathen land in Egypt I'm sure that the baker and the butler were not Christians. I'm sure they did not worship the God of heaven. But Joseph did. We need to be a light to this world in the midst of those times. Give us people who will praise and worship God in spite of everything. Um, Charles Edison, he's the son of Thomas Edison, gives us a glimpse into his father's faith with an excerpt from his book that was entitled The Electric Thomas Edison. He writes in the book, One December evening, the cry of fire echoed throughout the plant. Spontaneous combustion had broken out in the film room. Within moments, all the packing compounds and all this other stuff for records, film and other flammable goods had gone up into a fire. When I couldn't find my father, I became concerned. Was he safe? With all his assets going up in smoke? Would his spirit be broken? Thomas Essen, at this time was 67 years old, no age to begin anew. Then I saw him in the plant yard running towards me. Where's mommy? shouted. Go get her. Tell her to get her friends. They'll never see a fire like this again. At 5.30 the next morning, when the fire was barely under control, Edison called his employees together and announced, we're rebuilding. One man was told to lease all the machine shops in the area, another to obtain a wrecking crane from some wrecking com- from a railroad company. And then almost as an afterthought, he said, oh, by the way, anybody know where we can get some money? Later on, he explained, You can always make capital out of disaster. We're just cleared out a bunch of old rubbish. We're building bigger and better on these ruins. Quite an attitude. Everything lost, and he kept moving forward. That's the kind of demeanor we need to display as we walk through the difficulties of this life. May God help each and every one of us to remember that he's good regardless of how people treat us in this life. Lastly tonight, number four, and we're just about done, we see prison disappointments. Look at verse number 20. It says, And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up the head of his chief butler and the chief baker among his servants, And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Look at verse 23 there. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Now look at chapter 41, verse 1. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. What did Joseph tell the butler? Hey, remember me? What happened? He forgot about him. How long? Two years. That's a long time. That's a long time. You think about it, from when COVID began till now, we're at a year and a half. And March will be two years. That's a long time to wait. You see letter A, you see the dreams of the butler and the baker were fulfilled just as Joseph said they would be. The butler was restored to his office and the baker was executed by Pharaoh. You think Joseph probably was waiting right there in the prison like, I, the Lord told me this is what's going to happen. I'm just waiting on the butler to come get me. He's going to tell Pharaoh and Pharaoh's going to want me to be released. And then the next day it doesn't happen. And the next day it doesn't happen. And 300, and back in those days, about 360 days in a year. So 720 days go by. A lot of hours. A lot of time. And the Bible tells us that he forgot about him. How do you think Joseph felt? I think Joseph, when the two were taken out of prison, he's probably like, I better get my bags packed about time to leave i'm gonna get out of here i'm gonna be set free i'm sure for the first few weeks every time the prison door opened joseph's like are they here to get me they're here to get me out but he was forgotten about days turned into weeks weeks into months and months into two long years joseph imprisoned the entire time disappointed but waiting on god to move in his time we see letter b this prison disappointment served to teach joseph two valuable lessons and i believe that these are two important lessons for you and me tonight as we close out the first lesson is this number one joseph learned that he should never put his confidence in man he tried to get help from human sources, but it failed. The fact is, there is no real help from men. Our help comes from God. He may use human instruments, and he does, but behind the provision that comes in life, God is always behind it. I think Psalm 121 would be a great chapter to remember. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy strength, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evils, he shall preserve thy soul the Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forward and even forevermore. What you see throughout that psalm is the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. What a lesson. Put your confidence in the Lord. Don't put it in man because man fails. you. Was butler a bad guy? Probably not. He probably just forgot. Humans fail. Man will fail. But Jesus never fails. The second lesson that Joseph learned. And lastly tonight. Joseph learned once again that God's unseen hand moves us along a hidden pathway. He would have liked to have been set free before two years. But do you notice that the Bible says that Pharaoh dreamed a dream? Oh yeah, the butler. Oh yeah, there was this guy. Yeah, there was this guy in prison. He told me my dream and the baker's dream. He could probably help you. What do we need to remember about God tonight? Our God is never early. And our God is never late. Our God is always right on time. When did God feed Elijah? When he needed to be fed on time. When did God rescue the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace? He could have done it before they ever went in. He did it right on time. When did he help Daniel? Daniel would have preferred it before he was in the lion's den. But God did it on time. When did Jesus come to his men in that storm that they were in? Right on time. When did Jesus come to die for the sins of the world? Right on time. You see there are going to be disappointments as we go through this life maybe the Lord doesn't move when we think he should move whatever the case may be what we got to remember is God knows what's best and I love the book of Esther I love the story of Joseph I don't know that I would have liked to have lived either of those lives, Esther's life or Joseph's life but we see God's hand throughout. And tonight, you might be going through the prison of your life. You might be like, I don't see this. How am I going to get out of here? Has God forgotten about me? He hasn't forgotten you. There might be some people that have forgotten you, but you're not forsaken. He loves you, He's there, He's working behind the scenes. And as the scripture says, he'll work all things together for good.